hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Shamelessly Unapologetic with me, your host, Alana Pinsky. So this week we have Courtney Violetta coming on the show to talk about all things spiritual. And I know last year I did an episode about tapping into my spiritual side, but it was a pretty short episode, and I felt like I didn't really deep dive into my spiritual side and what I do and I have made YouTube videos on like my spiritual morning routine my full moon routine but I wanted to have a more in-depth conversation about spirituality and metaphysical stuff and I thought Courtney was going to be the perfect person to have on the show to come and talk about this so Courtney is a YouTuber and she also has her own podcast called the Embodiment Podcast where she talks about all things spirituality and that's also what she talks about on her YouTube channel and she's been on YouTube way longer than I have and I just knew that like I had to get her to come on the show she was gonna be perfect for the podcast and here we are we had a great conversation that went over for a little over an hour so this is a bit of a longer episode but if you're looking to find ways to just find your purpose in life or raise your vibration or find like what are the best tools for you in terms of tuning into your spiritual side I think you're gonna really like this episode Courtney and I talked a lot about this we shared a lot of our own techniques and methodologies on how we stay connected and tap into our spiritual side to help us function and feel better as a human so with that being said I say we should just jump right into the episode I don't really have too many life updates to share with y'all so with that being said, let's go ahead and dive into the conversation with Courtney. Hey, Courtney, welcome to Shamelessly Unapologetic. How are you doing? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. So today's actually the last day of Passover, and so I'm getting dinner with my sister after this. So we're trying to figure out like where we want to go for dinner. We're like kind of going back and forth. Like she wants pizza. I want bar food. And I'm Ooh, just like, yum. I recently had pizza <laughs> before Passover. I just like, I'm not craving pizza. So, you know, sisterly fights. What can you do? <laughs> but I'm right. so- I vote for the bar food. I know. I want the bar food <laughs> so badly. It's like, it's what I'm craving. I've just been so sick of this holiday. So I'm just ready for it to end <laughs> you're ready for it just yeah. like an hour and a half or so <laughs> but, yes but yeah exactly. basically that's me um I'm currently in my sister's old room right now since I'm visiting my family for a few more weeks since she's actually about to graduate from law school but yeah other than wow. that it's so weird being back on the east coast and having my sleep schedule all messed up I bet I didn't know you were on the east coast I was assuming you were still on the west coast yeah, well, I mean, I still live on the West Coast. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just here in Richmond, which is my hometown, for uh, about a little over a month. So I go back to Oregon on the 9th of May, and I cannot wait. I miss my routine. Uh, I miss yeah. my apartment. I just miss my comfort. And it's just like my parents' house is just not it. <laughs> right. It doesn't feel like home anymore when you go back, Absolutely right? Absolutely not. Absolutely. Yeah, you're like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I know. I know. Just Counting down the days, but you know what? It hasn't been as bad as I thought it was going to be. So that's always a plus. That's good. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Courtney, so before we um, get into everything today, why don't you tell um, everyone a little bit more about yourself? Sure. So yes, my name is Courtney. I have a YouTube channel. I started that in 2017. And over the years, I've definitely explored the niches, you know. And recently I've landed on more spiritual content because that's definitely where my life is focused right now. So I've definitely been exploring that, different areas of spirituality, and have really been growing my community. Um, I just started a podcast called The Embodiment Podcast, 
And it's just been a wild ride. It's so fun and fulfilling. And I'm so excited to be talking to you about it today. Yes, I cannot wait to hear more about your podcast because it sounds really, (laughs) really cool. And I'm all about that spiritual life. And so that's basically like what we are talking about today. But before we get into that conversation, this is a question that I ask every single guest that comes on this show. So Courtney, Tell me, what is something that you are very unapologetic about? That's a good question. I think just living my life in my own way, like as easy as that is, because I was fully living my life to please other people for so long. Mm -hmm. And what for YouTube, what was getting views and what was working and Once I made the shift to fully live my authentic self, I saw my entire life begin to change. And I always say this to my friends on my YouTube, on the podcast, that when you shine your light, like your authentic self, when you're living as your authentic self, you radiate that to other people. People feel that and it's not up to you how they receive it. So you know know, when you walk into a room, or when somebody else walks into a room and they're just lighting it up, you can tell, but you don't know exactly what it is that you're drawn to about that person. And you might have a conversation with them and they might just spark something within you that can change your entire day or your entire outlook on life. But you might not even you might not even know. But then another person could see that same person walk in the room and be like, oh, they're taking up too much space. Oh, don't you they're hate that? They're a show off. They're so full of themselves. And so it's not up to you how they receive it, but you're stirring something up inside of them. So it's like medicine. It's like they have to sit with themselves and process whatever that emotion is and kind of alchemize it. So it's like medicine. And once I really realized that, like living your authentic self and not being afraid of how others receive it, it changed my life. So that's like my message to everybody is just... Don't worry about how other people receive you. Just live your authentic life. Amen. I (laughs) fucking love everything that you just said because I was basically like the exact same way. Even before I started my own YouTube channel and podcast, I always felt like I had to please everyone because I just Mm -hmm. wanted to be accepted. I just wanted to be like, especially when I was bullied for a good chunk of my life. I really knew what it meant to feel very uncared about or when people didn't like you and you didn't know why. And then as I got older, I realized it was never really about me. And it it took me a really, and I mean a really long time, maybe not until maybe grad school, which when I was in like my early 20s, to just realize that. And that's so sad that it took me that long, but I guess, you know what they say, better late than never, right? Right, exactly. And I feel the same way. I'm like, I'm in my late 20s and I'm like, I could have been where I am now five, six years ago if I had just lived my life the way I wanted to, but, you know, better late than never, like you said. And I mean, I really like the point that you made about when you are truly your authentic self, people are able to tell and people just want authenticity. Like even, exactly. even if you have a platform and you are like a big influencer, it doesn't matter. People just, they don't like fakeness. I think we've gotten to this point where we don't like fake people. We just want people to just act human and to be relatable. And I know sometimes we, we can't always be relatable and that's okay. And, but I think the main point is that just always be yourself. Don't put on this act to please people because people they are going to recognize it. And then another thing you mentioned is that there are going to be people who say like, ugh, they're so full of themselves here. Why are they taking up space? It's because they, mm-hmm. don't, they don't get it. Or they, probably, right. or they probably aren't able to do what you're doing. And they don't understand the perspective that comes with being a content creator because they're just an outsider. And it's like, there's a difference between being cocky and being confident. And right. I feel like, that perspective has just really been distorted. Exactly. And they don't even have to be like a content creator. They could just see somebody and just have that same feeling. It's like, why are you so confident? Why are you so weird, quote unquote, for like being a little different? 
But that same person who's having those judgments is afraid to express themselves. It's not about the other person. Exactly. There's some like blockage within them that they haven't acknowledged yet. Yeah. And so it's, it's an opportunity for them, you know, if right. they look at it that way. <laughs> and it, it's so funny you mentioned that. So one time I attended Generation Beauty when I was in San Francisco and I was vlogging the event. I think this was in 2018 I did it. And so I had my camera out just waiting in line to like go visit a brand. And I'm just like, blah, 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 blah on my camera. (laughs) And this girl like was just staring at me. And she just had to ask me, how are you confident on camera? And I Mm. really appreciated her question because I don't think she was coming from a place of judgment. I think she was asking because she wanted to do what I was doing. Exactly. And yeah. I think there's a difference in people being like, ugh, what are you doing? This is so weird. And then there's people like, what are you doing? Because they're curious. I mean, I film publicly, no shame. It's called guerrilla shooting from what I heard from like a friend of mine who does film. And so I will be out in the streets on my tripod, either filming a YouTube video or taking content on like self-timer mode. And there are people who might give me weird looks and I'll look at them and be like, can I help you? And then they'll be in like, it makes them feel some kind of way, but it's like, you're being a judgy person. I know that. So I like to deflect the situation. They're like, okay, I just want to know what you're doing. And I'm like more than happy to be like, Hey, I'm actually filming a YouTube video on blah, blah, blah. Or I'm just taking pictures for my Instagram. No big deal. But going back to the girl, um, you know, she just was curious to know because I think she lacked that confidence. And I just had to like tell her my story And well, I didn't tell her like a huge story, but basically I told her, you know, it takes practice and you really have to learn how to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Exactly. And even I have trouble doing that in public. So I applaud you because (laughs) as much as I try to like not care what other people think, I still get in my head if like I'm alone, you know, and there's all these people. It'd be easier if someone was with me just to be like, okay, we're together. Yeah. This isn't so scary. But it is, it's overwhelming sometimes. And I think we just have to remember that, like, it's our lives. They don't matter, like, in the grand scheme of things. We want that video. I (laughs) know. Their opinions don't mean anything. So it's tough. Like, for anybody who wants to be a content creator, you got to gorilla shoot. (laughs) Yeah. just, Just push through it. Yeah, and I always say sometimes you have to look really silly or stupid to get and capture something really cool on camera or on film because it's worth it. It's worth doing something silly or maybe embarrassing yourself, even though I don't find myself to be embarrassed. Even if someone like kicks me out saying like, hey, you can't shoot here. I'm like, okay, no worries. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, I I think that's like where I struggle the most. That people pleasing thing is still in there. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like, you know, certain businesses have policies where you can't film, like, especially hotels where they won't allow you to have professional photography. I mean, last week I went to the Quirk Hotel in Richmond and it's so cute. And I was filming B-roll for a video that I released this past Monday because it's a very Instagrammable spot in Richmond. And mm-hmm. that's what the whole video was about. And so I was entering the lobby. I had my camera out just shooting the B-roll. I knew I wasn't going to do my talking point there. I was going to do that separately, but I got stopped and be like, Hey, you can't film on your, on your camera, but you're more than welcome to do it on your phone. And I said, okay, no worries. Thanks for letting me know. And to be honest, I saw it coming because it's not the first time this has been asked of me before, but I wanted, Mm -hmm. of course, like I wanted to see what I could get away with. Yeah. Whenever (laughs) I film somewhere in public, I think I look so suspicious. I'm just like, like oh, <laughs> trying to just hide and they're probably like you're really suspicious you must be like stealing something so get out of here making a YouTube video. I'm like I'm just I don't want to like get in trouble <laughs> I know hotels are the thing with like hotels is that they're so like particular about like the commercializing of their building and what they do because I think there's like a lot of legal things that go beyond that um and you yeah. have to talk with their marketing department and I'm like well fuck that. I'll just get it on my phone. (laughs) God, there was one time where I was filming hotels in San Francisco back in February and I got yelled at, but I I don't care. I still got my content. Oh, good for you. I I found ways to get around. And then I also like begged one guy, be like, okay, just give me one more minute. I'm almost done. And they were nice enough to be like, okay, one more minute, then you gotta go. And I'm like, thank you. 
<laughs> they don't care that you're like giving them free content, like free publicity. It's just yeah, it doesn't they, work like that. It sadly does not work like that. I think they <laughs> want just a better representation of like their brand and their marketing, which I get. It's so frustrating because there are so many public spaces in hotels like the dining facilities or like the bar. It just really depends where you are in the hotel. Like I understand like I can't go into a room and film there. But if I want to be in the public space where you could dine at, like I'm, I'm going to film. But then again, yeah, to, be exactly. fair, to be fair, I did go pretty late at night when things had quieted down. So it was a lot easier for me to be more obvious about what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, whatever. I, I still got that video done. And it's all and, that matters. And that's all that matters. <laughs> if they want to give me a cease and desist, they can fight me. <laughs> exactly. You can just be like, well, you could use the content for free. So don't worry about it. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally loved everything that you said, though. But um, I wanted to kind of pivot the conversation a little bit to talk more about what we're here to talk about today. And that is about like spirituality and developing like your higher purpose and finding yourself. So I guess the first thing that I wanted to learn from you is how did you become so in tune with your spiritual self? How did that start for you? So it might be a long story if you don't That's mind. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I've always been pretty connected, I guess, when I was like a little kid. I used to see things, not necessarily like ghosts, but I would see colored orbs all over the place. And I realized that that's not something that everybody that's not everyone's experience. Right. Um, so I remember my dad taking me to the eye doctor for that. And the doctor was like, nothing's wrong with your eyes. Like, why are you here? And I was like, because I see the colored lights. And he laughed at me and he was like, you mean this? And like pointed to a light bulb. And just like the way he was mocking me, it just it instantly like turned whatever that was off. Like I never saw it again. It must have just made me feel like so self-conscious to explore that side of myself that I naturally had. And I think we all kind of naturally have that as kids. Yeah. And when I got older, um, you might want to put like a trigger warning in here. There's a little mental health, you know, I was really suffering in high school with an ED at the time. And it was totally taking over my life. And I didn't have any sort of religious beliefs necessarily. Like I had gone to church as a kid once in a while. Um, but as I got older and this, you know, depression really started kicking in and I just, I had moved to a new state. So it was like a full new experience, you know, or just, I didn't know anybody. Everything was way harder than it should have been. And I developed this ED and depression and it had been a few years. So maybe like three years into it, I was like, I'm so tired of feeling this way. I'm so tired of my life getting destroyed by this thing that like says it wants to help me, but it's totally trying to like take me a different direction. And I was laying in bed one night and I think now looking back, this is what I would call shadow work. Mm -hmm. I said to myself, I can't live this way anymore. I want to see like the physical representation of this illness in my head, but I want to put a face to it. So I closed my eyes and I was kind of talking to it as if it was a different person, like me and the ED like were separate. And I saw like the most terrifying image in my head. Have you ever seen the Babadook? <laughs> like I haven't, on Netflix? no, no, I haven't. Okay, it's like this terrifying like image. And once I was able to put a quote unquote face to it, I said like, there is no way this is inside of me anymore. Like I'm not saying that it was anything like scary, but that's like how I interpreted my mental illness at the time. Right. So from then on, I was like, I have to get over this somehow. And I went, was in therapy for a very long time. And I also started going to church because that's all I knew. I grew up with Christianity a little bit. So I was like, I'm going to go to church by myself and see how that resonates. And ultimately it didn't. (laughs) It felt like I was already in such like an anxious fear state all the time that, you know, feeling like I'm such a bad person. I'm like going to hell because of all these different things that I've done. Like it just didn't feel good. It just made me feel worse. So when I moved to New York uh, for college, I started to explore that spiritual side that I had when I was a kid. I was like, I want to 
tap back into whatever that was. So I started doing meditation and instantly like things started changing in my life. Like I started to have like really interesting quote unquote, like medium experiences with my friends. And it was just totally a different experience than I've ever had before. And once I realized that life isn't what we can see, like there's so much more beyond what we can see, it everything just shifted. I started doing yoga teacher training, getting into crystals, I reading all the books, watching all the documentaries and YouTube videos. Like it just became my life. And with therapy, lots of therapy, mm-hmm. and with all these different mindful practices, I was able to get over all of that mental health issues. And only now, like in my late 20s, can I say I don't struggle with that anymore. It took a very long time, but it has completely dissolved, which I thank a lot of my spiritual practices and mindful practices for that. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Well, first of all, I'm sorry your dad gaslit you about the whole light experience. <laughs> I'm like, as you were describing, like, uh, that is literally gaslighting. Like, what is <laughs> No, I was like, but I see them. <laughs> yeah, that that's like, that's literally gaslighting. Um, so I'm sorry about that. But I really liked how you kind of wanted to separate the ED from who you are as a person to like separate that and find a way to spiritually like overcome that and you kind of recognize that the religious aspect that you were dealing with was just something you weren't aligning with so do you no longer consider yourself to be a christian or are there like certain elements that you still practice i don't follow the religion you know i don't necessarily like religion i like the different i love all like belief systems yeah and i love different elements of it. I'll like take different ones and use them in my own practice. But when it comes to like the the dogmas of each one, like I don't really align with that anymore. But it was my way to find my own path, which I think is more meaningful to me in the end. Because I feel what feels right to me, not what somebody else is telling me I need to kind of fit my beliefs into. I was always the kid to ask questions in um, like Sunday school. I'd be like, but why? Like, that doesn't make sense. And they'd be like, I don't know. Right. (laughs) I'm like, but but why are you teaching me? If like, if you don't believe believe it or understand it, like, why does everybody else have to? So it just didn't necessarily make sense to me. But a lot of the different values and concepts, yes, I do believe. No, that's awesome. The reason I asked this because my I had a similar experience, but just with Judaism, of course. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was raised as a conservative Jew, and now I find myself to be a little bit more reformed. And I will say, prayer has something that I've never really connected with. I never really enjoyed going to synagogue and praying to God. It just. It found, I just felt like it served no purpose for me. I mm-hmm. didn't really know what I was praying about because it's all right. in Hebrew. And while the it, the English transliteration is on the opposite side of the page to tell me like what I'm praying about, just the wordings and like the scriptures of the text, it still just doesn't click in my head. And I'm just like, yes. I'm just saying like a bunch of words that I don't really mean. It's just because I grew up learning this like I still know how to read Hebrew I'm not like the strongest reader but if you were to put the letters in front of me I could say the words but I couldn't tell you what I said (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and when it comes to that kind of thing like our words hold so much meaning like our words are spells you know what I mean like everything we say has an impact. So when we don't fully understand what we're saying, it doesn't really hold, like doesn't really do anything for us. So if you were to take that prayer and just like reword it to what felt really good to you and even like changing the words to modern English, you know, and yeah. just like making it feel like so aligned, like that's when it's going to work and make you feel really connected. Yeah, exactly. And so what's really interesting about Judaism, because there are so many elements about Judaism that I still really like, and I still identify being a Jewish woman. Obviously, like I like observing my holidays. I love the culture aspect. And there are some religious things that I will 
um, I guess, identify with in my life. But one thing that I absolutely really like about Judaism is that there's a whole mythical and like metaphysical realm that kind of goes into Judaism. And one thing that I really love the most is that the Jewish calendar is based off the moon. And so that is literally (laughs) why I have such a huge obsession with the moon. Like I have a whole moon diary. I have like a whole full moon routine that I like to do. I don't really have one for a new moon. I probably could implement one. But to me, a full moon routine is just more important for me because I'm more about like releasing shit and getting things done out of my life, which is kind of like what the Mm -hmm. whole full moon is about. And there's a couple of Jewish holidays that revolve or either around the full moon or the new moon. So like with Rosh Hashanah, for an example, it starts on a new moon called and anytime there's a new moon, it's called Rosh Chodesh. So that's what I like to say about a new moon. And yeah, that's (laughs) sorry. I saw that. <laughs> my dad like came in and just dropped off a $20 bill for me. Okay. I thought it was just like floating money. I was like, oh. <laughs> Whoa, <who> manifesting. <laughs> so for those who are listening, I'm like recording in my sister's room and I have a sign on my door saying, do not disturb. I'm recording a podcast. And so the door doesn't shut all the way. And so I thought, I honestly thought it was my cat barging into the room. <laughs> But then I like saw a hand and I'm like, what is going on? He knows to not bother me. And I was there's a $20 bill just sitting on the desk. Yeah, just floated down onto your desk. <laughs> so funny. But anyway, so God. Um, yeah, I was saying like with Rosh Hashanah, um, it's based on the new moon. And then Passover actually starts the second night, but the first day starts on a full moon. Sukkot is our harvest holiday. So guess what moon that falls under? The harvest moon. So mm-hmm. it's really cool. It's very interesting. It's very cool. And that's why I've always just like really liked the moon. And then that has to do with my religion. So that's like a really cool aspect. Um, and not too long ago, I followed this account on Instagram. I think you would probably like it, but it's called Jewitches. And it's Ooh. about a Jewish woman who is really into mythical and metaphysical stuff with crystals and divination. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like how she ties in like witcher is witcher even a word I don't know but like I think so witchery and Mm -hmm. Judaism and how there's a big connection to that and there's so many things about my own religion that I'm learning from her account and it's just it's a really cool account and it's really cool to just see just like how um, valid these practices are in Judaism or to just like what I was going back and saying, like how it sort of helps me connect more with my spiritual side, just not being religious. I mean, I've always really liked crystals and tarot and psychics and all of that, but I was never really open and closed off. Cause I think that has to go back to the whole feeling of being judged and the whole people pleasing mm-hmm. thing. And sadly it wasn't until like 2021 where I started to become more open about how I love all this stuff. I had hidden it for like such a long time. Like it was just something that I really kept to myself because it was just so personal and private. But I have gone to see psychics and tarot readers so many times because I do like getting clarity and guidance from those cards. And now I'm currently teaching myself tarot. I like found this really cool course off Udemy. And so I just am working on the court cards right now. So that is... Mm -hmm. um, Basically what I've been doing, just because I, as nice as it is to go to a tarot reader, I would like to be able to read for myself for free. (laughs) Yeah, and it's more powerful when you do it yourself. And I love what you said about how like you're so connected with the moon and how that's like connected with your religion. So that makes you feel more connected to it in the end. And what's really interesting, as you were saying that, I was thinking how in ancient times, like most of Europe was polytheistic and what they would call as like pagan, I guess, neo-pagans. And then there was Judaism. So it makes sense that in ancient times, like they kind of had like similar connections. You know, they were like all all the whole world was essentially neo-pagan and then there was Judaism. So it had to overlap a little bit. So I think that that's beautiful that you are so connected to that. And by the way, what where does like the moon, what is your moon sign? I'm so curious. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you my big three. So I'm a, <laughs> okay. I'm a Scorpio sign, an Aquarius moon and a Leo rising. 
Okay. Okay. I definitely can tell you're like Scorpio because you love that kind of like dark moon energy for sure. Oh yeah. But I was thinking like you probably might have like like your moon in your eighth house or something. Like uh, do you know? I think it's so I believe it's actually my sixth house because Aquarius comes before Pisces and I know my Pisces is in my seventh house mm, right. but I don't have anything in Pisces so it's weird like if you look at my birth chart it's literally like a semicircle. so all of my planets are in the bottom half and I yeah so that's how mine is is it really so yeah. I so basically from Pisces to Cancer I don't have any placements Okay. That's so cool. And then I love the Leo rising. Oh yeah. For sure. I'm definitely a Leo rising. <laughs> like an extrovert. <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny. So I've always identified myself as an extrovert, but I definitely do have an introvert side to me, especially when I'm at my parents. Like I just kind of stay into stay to myself and um stay in my room. Mostly that is that just to hide from my mom because she just is always <laughs> getting in my way and my dad doesn't get in my way. <laughs> So I just like my, I really do like my space, but I love being around people. But also what's great about Leos is that they're very bold and out there. They can be really ruthless at times, not necessarily in a bad way, but in a good way, but they're very unapologetic. And Scorpios don't necessarily mm-hmm. like have that kind of energy, but Leos- like they're certain- more subdued. Yeah, but Leos certainly do. So People definitely ask, like, if there's any fire sign in me. I'm like, yep, it's it's the Leo rising. How you doing? <laughs> and then I have. Well, I wish I had more of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's basically what um what my big three is. I'm curious to know what are yours. So I'm a Capricorn Sun, a Cancer Moon, and a Libra rising. Oh my so gosh, I'm actually pretty balanced. Yeah, I see <laughs> all of that in you. You're very, you're a very balanced and calm person, and that just kind of really fits a lot of the mold with what you just said. I know, like a lot of Cancers, they're very in tune with their emotions. They can be very mm-hmm. emotional because that's all about what moon signs are to begin with. It's about like how you deal with your emotions. And my sister's right. my sister's mm-hmm. a Cancer Moon, and she's a Libra Sun and a um, an Aquarius Rising, and so she's she's very very um, air sign heavy, plus the mm. water sign as a Moon. So I found that interesting because my sister has never really dealt with emotions. Like she's always like kept to herself, but I'm guessing she must process her emotions in private, which I found to right. be really interesting. But she goes, listen, Alana, like I promise I have emotions. <laughs> and that might be the cancer moon too. Yeah. Because I find that I'm not very open with my emotions either. But like as soon as the sun goes down, I'm a mess. Like <laughs> that's when it comes out. And the moon um is ruled by cancer or cancer is ruled by the moon. So it's like in its home sign there. So it's like we're very connected to the moon. That's why I was wondering, I'm like, what is your moon sign? So your sister, because she's a cancer moon, like myself, she probably hides her emotions but lets it out at night in her room when she's alone. (laughs) (laughs) It's possible. I mean, she is in law school, so she's ready to be done. So I know that has given her a tough time. So it would not surprise me if she cries in her room alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, pivoting from that, what would you say have been your favorite methods of like raising your vibration and just finding your higher purpose? Because I know that's like a big part of your brand and like what you do on YouTube. Yes. So I think the best way for me personally is through meditation. Um, I know a lot of people struggle with meditation. I definitely do. Yeah. But once you like do the kind that works well for you or do it in a way that works for you, it can transform your life. And you can only, you can do it for five minutes a day and it can just totally set the tone of your day. So for example, my morning routine, I wake up, I take a cold shower for two minutes. That's all it. I can handle. Cannot do it. <laughs> cannot do it. I know. But I do that and then I sit down for 10 or 15 minutes of meditation and doing the cold shower beforehand, it lets me feel my body because my body's warming up. So I'm able to like feel my skin on my clothes and it just, it feels like my body is connecting to my mind more so than just like my mind already racing throughout the day. So I sit there, I do that. And then I do my gratitude journal. So I'll do five things I'm grateful for, um, 
in general. And then I'll do usually like, what am I guided to do today? Like through my meditation, what was something that I felt I'm guided to do today? I'm guided to take action on or somebody I'm going to reach out to or connect with. So just starting the day like that with meditation and the cold shower uh, really helps me to raise my vibration. And then there's also things like, you know, tarot and oracle cards, but that's not something that I do every day. It's more so for me to like, just find like an energy for me to embody when I need it. I don't necessarily ask questions anymore about like, how is my life going to be in a month or two? You know, it's more like, what can I do today to put me on the right path for what I want tomorrow? I love that. I have some very similar aspects to my morning routine. So I also journal. I don't take a cold shower. I actually take my showers <laughs> at night before bed. I've just always been a night shower kind of person. Yeah. But for me, I start off my day eating breakfast, I'll stretch a little bit. And then what I like to do is light some candles and incense because that really just mm. calms me. It uplifts me. And then I write in my gratitude and manifestation journal. So I do the five minute journal method. Some people like to call mm -hmm. it, but I call it the three by three exercise. So I will write three, three, oh my God, I will write three <laughs> things down that I'm grateful for. I will write three things that would make today great. And then I write three affirmations. And then I, I do a tarot pool for the day. So exactly what you said, it's more of like, what do I need to know for today? What kind of guidance do, should help me, I guess, function better today? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. It's more of like, what do I need to know for today? How should I go about my day to day? Um, just so it kind of helps me because I am a very lost soul and I have like really bad ADHD. So helping mm -hmm. me find ways to get on track and to be focused like through just a tarot pool really helps me. And then I write the card down in my journal. I will write like what that means to me, how I interpret it. And then I will do a crystal that kind of matches what that card is about to kind of balance it out. So especially if I pull like a reverse card, I will want a crystal that's going to reverse that effect of that mm, reverse that. card and then I will just put the card like where the corresponding chakra is and just balance out the chakra that's basically how I do my crystal healing every day but yeah that's kind of what I do for in terms of like I guess raising my vibration but journaling is something that I started not until the fall I honestly wish I had done that a lot earlier but it really just helps me feel more balanced I don't journal on the weekends I do like to take breaks when needed but mm -hmm. during like the five days of the week that's just where I find it to be more effective because on the weekends I'm like I already know what I have to do like I know like I have to be focusing on content mostly that's just how I prioritize my weekends or right. I want to like hang out with my friends or something exactly and I love that you say you take breaks because I'm the same way. It's like today I was like, it's Saturday. I don't want to take a cold shower. But I washed my face with cold water and then I was like, you know what? I kind of want to. So I hopped in there and I felt so good. But Sundays are my day off. Yeah. <laughs> Sundays are the day that I don't do it. I'm like, I just want to relax on the couch with like something warm and not be cold. Um, but yeah, journaling has been something for myself as well. That's been amazing. Just like taking the time to think about things that you're grateful for. Cause every day you can't think of the same thing. You can't be like, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for you know, know. the sky. It has like, you have to get creative with it. It's like, I'm grateful for like the healthy food I have in my fridge today. Or, you know, I'm grateful that I had cuddles with my dog this morning or just like little things to be grateful for. I have definitely done that before. I have definitely written my journal. I'm de I'm grateful for the kitty cuddles that I got overnight. <laughs> right? It's like why – like you have to find those small moments because there's not something going to be grand every single day that you're grateful for. You know, you're not going to get abundance every single day and like financially anyway. So you have to find the small things to be grateful for. Yeah. The kitty cuddles are great. <laughs> exactly. And the, sometimes there are things that I struggle with. Like, what am I grateful for? Because I, I, like you said, I don't want to repeat myself because I wrote that the other day. Sometimes I might write the same thing once a week, which is fine mm -hmm. because maybe I just truly am grateful in that moment for that specific thing. But 
Yeah, I definitely try my best to not repeat myself. I let them be like a once a week thing and I could always go back to the following week or the next week to talk about that if that's what I truly am grateful for in that moment. But small, silly things like I'm grateful for the unemployment check that hit my bank account this morning. I mean, hey, that's right, right? Exactly. (laughs) And that's something that I'm very grateful for because I'm in between jobs right now. But besides that, I agree Mm -hmm. with you just – You don't have to go too deep into it. Just think of something really small. Maybe be like, I'm grateful that my favorite TV show comes back on tonight. Exactly. You know, the smaller things. things. Yeah, because it matters. Like when you're able to find little things that you're grateful throughout the day, you'll start to see more and more and more of them. And that's personally how I started to like really get myself out of that depressive headspace. It's like noticing how magical the world actually is. Like if you want it to be, if you want to see it that way, it's like a magical experience like to be alive right now. Absolutely. What would you say are like some of your favorite tools when it comes to like spirituality and the metaphysical realm? So I guess what I'd like to know is like, we'll do it in four parts. What is your favorite form of manifestation, your favorite crystal, tarot card, and oracle deck? So my favorite was, sorry, I have ADHD as well, the first one. (laughs) All right. So let's do the first one. What is your favorite form of manifestation? Okay. So for me, I like to manifest through hmm, a few different ways. During the day, like on a daily basis, it's through my meditation. I will um, envision my day ahead and I will kind of like send it healing light and I'll envision it how I want it to be going. So that's like on a more of a small scale, but for manifesting like bigger things, I like to do honey jar spells. So it's essentially like taking a jar and you take different elements of whatever you want, like anything that holds meaning to you. So I like to put some herbs, like I'll smell them and be like, Ooh, this is like a spicy scent. So I'm going to think that it has some fire energy behind it. Like I don't have to look up the meanings to like feel what it is. So I'll put it in the jar and I'll say like, I want to have like more ambition as I'm doing this manifestation. Um, Just kind of saying affirmations into it. And then whatever it is, I will end up pouring honey inside of it. So the honey is sweet and slow and as you're watching your manifestation unfold, you realize how sweet it is, like how sweet that the universe is like gifting this to me in a slow and steady way. And I'm able to see it unfolding before my eyes. So it's just like a physical visualization of what you're trying to manifest. So I like to make those. It's very intentional. Can you consume Um, it? No. (laughs) So you can put like crystals in there. Um, Anything you want. Like i put um, dollar bills in there. Um, If I want to manifest some abundance, I'll write things. Um, There's like a whole, you know, way to go about it, doing some shadow work to, um, to really get those blockages out. Cause that's really what you have to do when you want to manifest. Yeah. Releasing those blockages first and foremost. But then once you do that, you can have this physical manifestation representation of whatever it is that you're calling in. So that's my favorite way. That's really cool. I have never (laughs) heard of that method before. Um, So that might be something worth checking out maybe later down the road because I've never been like a spell person, but I think that's still really cool and I'm glad to hear that it works for you. So for me, I am a big believer in vision boards. I Mm -hmm. love vision boards. So I, I make one every year right before the New Year's about to start. And it is like the best tool for accountability, in my opinion, to help you get to where you want to manifest your goals. So I actually started making vision boards in 2019. And I think I only accomplished maybe one thing off of it. And I'll tell you why, because I didn't take my vision board as seriously as I wanted to, unfortunately, and it was also incomplete. I didn't get to finish it. I think because I didn't complete it, it lost like its magic touch. And I think Uh maybe that's what made me feel very unmotivated, but I was still happy. Like I did it. I just regret not finishing it. So then in 2020, I made sure, okay, like I know exactly what I'm going to put on it. I have all the pictures. I got them printed out 
And this was obviously before I knew that we were going to be entering a global pandemic. So I had no idea that Mm, all of our lives were going to be thrown through a loop. But I basically accomplished everything on my vision board for 2020. That's amazing. Except for two things. So the two things that I didn't get to manifest was to get a new camera. And then I really wanted to get a thousand subscribers on YouTube in 2020. And I didn't do that. So that but you was, did, right? But I Eventually. did. I did in 2021. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> I, always, I always try to set the bar high for like subscribers. So if I don't yeah. meet them, it's like it's not the end of the world. But it's like when I then went to my 2021 vision board, the only thing that I didn't manifest was getting 2,500 subscribers. But I said, you know what? I'm not pissed about this because. I finally met my goal of manifesting a thousand subscribers and monetizing my YouTube channel. Exactly. And that was just more important. I think, you know, I think I have a better chance of getting 2,500 maybe towards the end of this year, but I still wanted to aim high and I said, okay, you know what, I'll do 3,000. We'll see what happens. If I don't hit it, I'm not mad, but everything else I manifested and I made two videos explaining like how... I did the vision boards and how the things that I manifested mostly came true. But I also had to say like in the video, which is so important for anyone who's listening and wants to do a vision board, you can't just make a vision board and just expect things to happen. You still have to put in the work. Like a vision board mm-hmm. is a tool. It's meant for like accountability. And I hang mine up on my wall where I can see it every single day. So I'm reminded of what I need to work on. And when you put in the work and you believe in yourself, that is the magic of the vision board. Exactly. And technically, a vision board is considered a spell. Because is it it's really? a visual representation of what you want to manifest. So it anything could be that. You know, it's we hold like these fears within us to call it witchcraft or, you know, a spell or whatever. Yeah. But like, even if I'm drinking my tea and I'm saying, like, I'm so healthy today and I take a sip, you know, that's a spell, you know, like it it doesn't necessarily have to be like a grand gesture, but like you're sitting there taking time for yourself in holding a vision of what it is that you want to manifest for the year. You know, you're being very intentional with everything you do, hanging it up on your wall, seeing it every day. And technically that's, you know, a spell, but it doesn't have to be called that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I love that. And you're so right because Everything has to be done with action. You know, um, I think a lot of people now in our society, I see it a lot on YouTube as well, just want the results. They don't want to put in any action. So they just want to manifest a thousand dollars, have it tomorrow by sitting on the couch. Like, no, that's, that's not, not how it, that's not how it works. <laughs> no. And what they don't understand is like you need to have a balance of like the masculine and feminine, the yin and the yang. And it has nothing to do with gender, but we all have this balance within us. And the masculine side of manifesting is like the Gary V's, the Mel Robbins, the Tony Robbins, the hustle culture. It's like, I have to work, 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 manifest, manifest, manifest to get what I want. Where the feminine side is like, I'm going to sit with myself and I'm going to contemplate and I'm going to, you know, listen to my intuition and take time to see the signs that I'm getting in the path that's coming to me. Because if you're so focused on the hustle, you're going to miss the signs that it's going to take you to your manifestation. You're just going to be like, like, um, blinders towards your end goal, but you're going to miss all the beauty along the way. So you have to find like the balance between that, um, in order to manifest what it is that you want. Yeah, I agree. And I definitely feel like I had that balance of like that masculine and feminine side of like manifestation because I will say I hate hustle culture, but I do, <laughs> I do know like certain things that I put on my vision board do require a little bit of a hustle. But I also want to be able to like sit and reflect on those goals to make sure that I find the balance. So I maintain my sanity while doing so. Yes. And it's all, you know, you work with the moon cycle. So that is exactly like what it could be. Like you are taking the time for reflection on the full moons, especially releasing all of what's not working towards your manifestations and 
understanding like what it is that you need to call in next. And that's exactly like what people need to be doing, not necessarily with the moon, but in general, like taking time for reflection and just contemplating like what is, what's next? Because if you don't, the universe like will do it for you because I used to be like, I wake up at 7am, I work from 7am to midnight, go to bed, like day in, day out, would not take a break ever. I'm a freelancer. So it's like, I need the money coming in. And eventually my computer broke and I felt like that was the worst thing that could possibly happen to me in the moment. I had to send it to Apple. It was there for two weeks. It only needed like a day to be fixed, but for whatever reason, they, you know, took their sweet time and I couldn't work. And it felt like I was given the time to relax and read and contemplate. And this is when I had all of the realizations of like this podcast and where my life is heading and all these different things that were, you know, waiting for me to just fucking like take a break and realize like, hey, we've been listening to you this whole time. Just take a second and hear us. That's exactly what it felt like. So if you listening are not taking the time out, like the universe will find a way to do that for you and make you sit your butt down and listen. Yeah, absolutely. And I am so glad you brought up that misconception. It's so important for people to like just truly understand like what that means and how manifestation is really supposed to work. So to go to like another tool um, is your favorite crystal. My favorite crystal, I have a few, but my favorite right now is lapis lazuli. Oh, it's such a pretty stone. It is. And it's like so powerful. And like, I always meditate with it at night. I'll put like some peppermint oil right on my third eye and like put the crystal there and I'll fall asleep. But it just makes me feel like I'm so connected to like the other side and my dreams and able to like really develop my intuition. Um, which is really important to me right now. Yeah. So that's my favorite crystal. But I also love Labradorite. I have a Labradorite stone. That's a good stone. It's so pretty. It's a pretty stone and it's really good for like anxiety and adapting to change as well. It's interesting that you put it on your third eye, your your lapis lazuli, because I always thought that was a third chakra crystal. It is, but it's also for your third eye. So it kind of is like – you can do it for your third eye too. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's like um, the chakras are like – a rainbow, right? It's like yep. red, orange, yellow, green, pink, um, blue, blue, indigo, violet, yeah. or white. But these can – the third eye and the throat can pretty much be interchanged. It's more like a light blue and a dark blue. So they can – they usually go both ways, which is yeah. good. That's I fair. also need help with my throat, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, I know. My third chakra sucks. I think my third eye <laughs> chakra – I think – I want to say like my root chakra and my third eye chakra are probably like my most powerful and in like mm-hmm. open chakras just because root chakra is more like associated with like sexuality and I've always been like a very like sexually open person. And then with my mm-hmm. third eye, that's more in like intuition – and I've always had like a good intuition, which is probably why I'm an Aquarius moon. Yeah, that too. Well. Yeah, so that probably plays into it. But amethyst is my favorite. Um, yes, I love amethyst as well. I got an amethyst ring that's on my pointer finger. It's a little, a little too big for my ring finger. I need to get it resized. So once I resize it, I'll go back on my ring finger. But yeah, it's just it's my favorite stone. Plus, I'm just always a purple person. Like I've always just been mm-hmm. drawn to purple. So like. Clearly, the I'm purple the, hair. The purple hair. Yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I am just so drawn to the color purple. So it just obviously makes sense as to, like, why I like the amethyst stone so much. But and I that's like- interesting because you have stepped into, like, your more spiritual side. And purple is very much a spiritual color. Yeah, an intuition um, color. Third eye crown chakra. Yeah. So it makes sense. Like, when I had my red hair, I felt like – because I had read everything. I had like or red I or orange. When you That's got like red hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like my life was very much about like um, fire energy and calling in more of like that ambition. And all of a sudden, like once <laughs> literally changed my hair, I was like, I'm going to be like a more calm person. I'm going to be like really accessing my more feminine side. It's just weird. Like I think that what we're drawn to really reflects what's going on inside of us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so for the last part of this, we'll just combine it together is um your favorite tarot card and oracle deck. My favorite tarot card. 
I would say the tower. As weird as that the is. Tower. <laughs> what? <laughs> because that's where things can start to rebuild. Everything has to come down at some point that's no longer working and needs to be rebuilt. And when it comes up for me, I don't get scared. I'm like, all right, this is it. To me, it's like the shadow work. That's how I like to interpret it myself. Because when we have these shadows within us, we can't manifest the next phase. We can't step into that next phase, right? So once we're able to like alchemize that shadow through the tarot or through the tower energy, which can be like disruptive, it's going to bring up a lot of emotions. You're going to feel like things are going crazy in your life. But once that settles and the dust settles, you're able to start fresh and start new with the next phase. So I know it's, you know, not the most liked card, (laughs) but I like it. You know, I I mean, it might not be my favorite to pull, but I know, I I know it's necessary. I always get anxiety when I draw that card or the Ten of Swords and I'm like, fuck this card. (laughs) Fuck the Ten of Swords. I mean, like, I love the Lovers too. The Lovers is is a great card. I really like most of the Cups, but I would say probably the Ten of Mm -hmm. Cups. It's just a very, like celebratory celebratory joyful card so much positive energy behind that card and just the imagery on it is just right so beautiful Um, yes and then oracle decks I mean I know there are so many out there I mean Mm. I will just say I'm very drawn to my moonology decks just because again me being the moon person that I am right right curious to know what yours is I have a few I love um postcards from spirit it is basically like postcards that you can pull and it gives like the most beautiful messages and it's just it's like an actual postcard. That's so, so I don't cool. know if you've ever seen that one. I don't think I have um, no. It's so so beautiful. And the other one came to me is Wisdom of the Oracle. It is Ooh. a beautiful deck. The cards are just so stunning there's like you don't even need to read the book to be able to understand what they mean because the imagery is just so stunning and beautiful so if anybody's looking for a deck that I recommend definitely that one um wisdom of the oracle by Colette Baron Reed I think she's also the one who does the postcards from spirit there's another one too I don't know I just love them there's also angel answers that's like yes no they're more like direct answers. I don't love to use that one <laughs> because I don't always want to know specific answers, but it, it tells it like it is. So yeah, if no, you th- want that kind of card deck, then that's the one. No, those all sound really cool. I know like I'm trying my hardest to not hoard Oracle cards because yes. I think Oracle cards are more addicting than tarot cards in my opinion because they all have definitely. like different meetings. But I definitely like, have tried to tell myself like only buy something that truly resonates with you and you know you'll find good use out of so I have to like remind myself exactly it can be very very addicting and expensive <laughs> very true I made a video kind of about that a while ago um about how we are in such a consumeristic society that it's almost like when we first dip our toes into this we're kind of like wanting to buy our spirituality. We want to buy the process because we're right. like, I buy all these crystals, all these oracle decks, all these tarot decks because it's fun. It's so fun when you first start and you're like exploring exactly. that side of yourself. But don't get overwhelmed with it. Like, don't get over consumed by it. Don't you know? I used to watch other um, creators on YouTube who would have like stacks and stacks like of decks, like hundreds, and I'm like why like I get it's like probably their career in a way yeah but why do you need so many it's it's not they're all gonna say the same thing it's almost like you're just doing it for show or to fulfill something within you like of that need to buy more and more because that's just who we are nowadays so that's like something I always caution people it's just I love that you're being cautious too just find some that you love and just ask yourself why you're buying it when you are like, are you doing it just because you want more and more and more? <laughs> or are you like actually wanting to use it and use it as a tool with crystals as well? Like say, yeah, I like to have them all hold an intention. And I, I used to have so, so, so many. And it just, I felt like 
I was just, I don't know, just didn't feel right. It felt like icky, like having so many that held no meaning anymore. So I think having a more minimalistic approach to it is a really good thing. You know, I think that's very more mindful. I think that's really important. I know like I have about 40 crystals right now, but the reason I chose them is because I knew some were like just staples for a collection that I wanted, but there were also some that I was just drawn to the colors or how they looked and I wanted to know like what do they mean or I saw like a meaning of the crystal that I felt like is something that I could use whenever I need that to heal and so I would buy that crystal even if it looked really ugly I'm like okay but I like its (laughs) meaning so I want it right yeah exactly and I love that because like you're at least aware of like what it is and you love like I I'm a Libra rising. I love beautiful things. I love crystals like so much, but having so many of them because I used to have an Etsy shop. So when I closed that down, I just had so many and then I would just buy more and more and more. So it just didn't feel right to just have them all over my house when I didn't need them. So when you have them and you know what they mean and you have an intention behind them, even if you have like a hundred of them in a crystal grid, working their magic like that's beautiful but if you just have them like in your closet like doing nothing <laughs> there's What's no the point, point? To that. yeah exactly. yeah it's I just totally you spend you. money on it <laughs> I know I always keep mine displayed because I mean I use them I won't use everyone every single day but there's always going to be a time and a place where I'm going to need it for my daily healing routine and that's why mm-hmm. I have what I have so I know we're running on time here but um, we wanted. I wanted to talk about your podcast really quick because I know you recently yeah. launched that. So tell us a little bit more about your podcast and why you got started. So I decided to start this podcast because when I was doing my YouTube videos, I felt so uh, out of alignment, for lack of a better word, for because I was just constantly thinking like, okay, I have to have at least one video a week. I'm supposed to have two. And there's supposed to be something new and fresh. And every single video that you post needs to be better than the next. So it always felt like I had to be learning something new and making a video about it and then ditching that and then starting something else. You know, I never felt like I was able to just sit with what I learned and process it and embody it. So ultimately, that's how I came up with this podcast. It's the Embodiment Podcast. It is a combination it's such a cute of words, name. Embodiment and Bodhi, which is the Sanskrit word for awakening and enlightenment. So it just felt like the cutest like little word. Um, and it it's true because I want people to embody the different things that we talk about on the podcast. Like we're going to do journal prompts at the end of it. We w- we'll have the entire week to spend working through it. And we have a Facebook group where we can talk about the lessons that we learned and how we're implementing it into our life. And it just is so important to me that we are able to really embody these things that we're learning. And like we were talking about with the crystals, not just shoving it in the back of our heads or in our closet, you know, we're actually taking the time to really become the highest version of ourselves that we possibly can be. So with the podcast, my goal is to have every episode kind of take us a step further into our higher selves. I love that. That's so (laughs) great. I I'm going to have to start listening because I know that is something that I could seriously benefit from. (laughs) And I haven't really found like a good spiritual podcast yet, which I know I want. So I think yours might be the winner. Yes, I hope so. I know I only have two episodes out right now, but it's, it's a work in progress. And it's also challenging like my biggest fear in life, which is speaking unscripted. Like this podcast, (laughs) it was hard for me to like say, yes, I've, honestly turned down so many in the past but because I know you a little bit yeah this is a perfect way to like step my step in and you know open up that throat chakra a little bit yeah no I love that and plus like when it gets to the point where you're gonna want guests on your show it's just good practice to have like a conversation and just yeah just put yourself out there I know like definitely being on a podcast for the first time can definitely be scary but That's what I think is the host's job. It's like the host will be the one to take care of you and to kind of guide the Mm -hmm. conversation. And plus, plus, like, I always say, like, go on a podcast because it resonates with you and your brand and not just because you got invited on. Like, I've gotten requested to be invited on some podcasts. I'm like, no, this I'm thinking this sounds really (laughs) stupid. So I just say, like, hey, thanks. I'm not interested. I this 
isn't a good fit for me at this time, but let's stay connected. Like I just try to positively yeah. like turn them down. I've had um, Drew Alfalo's team turned me down. I was like, you know what? It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I tried. It was still kind of cool that they got back. But I honestly think that's just yeah. because I'm a small creator. And she has like 4 million subscribers on TikTok. But she would have fit the brand of my podcast really well. I know. But, you know, I am i don't take it personally. I'm like, I'm not like, ugh fuck drew her team turned me down it's like no i don't i don't take it personally i know yeah just how it goes right in the yeah. industry and maybe one day you know the doors the doors always open the doors exactly and it's like one day i will may hopefully become a bigger podcast and it's like then maybe she will be interested and like i said you are always welcome Exactly. And that's something to manifest, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Put Ab it on the vision board. Absolutely. So, Courtney, where can people find you if they want to learn a little bit more about your content and your podcast? Where can they find you? So, you can find me at Courtney Violetta on YouTube or on Instagram at Court Violetta. My podcast is on all the streaming platforms Apple Podcasts, you know, Amazon all of them. Um, it's in embodiment, E-M-B-O-D-H-I-M-E-N-T podcast. And um, I think that's it. I mean, I also have my website, CourtneyVioletta.com. Awesome. So yeah, I hope you guys come and say hi and listen to the podcast. Absolutely. And I will have the links to all of those handles and her website in the description of the podcast down below. And guys, if there is an unapologetic experience that you ever want to share with me, feel free to email the podcast at shamelesslyunapologeticpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at shamelesslyunapologetic. And with that, I will see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye.